0: Amen. Come on, let's give God praise today. Let's thank him. Also for our incredible worship team and also for our volunteers everywhere. Let's thank God for them today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to our lives today. Please be seated. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you today and on online too. And we're going to continue with our, our theme, which is thankfulness. So if you've got a Bible or an iPad or an iPhone with the Bible on it, let's turn to Psalm 100. Psalm 100, I'm going to, um, we're just going to look at this psalm today and then see what, what God will do. Psalm 100 says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. continues through all generations. The message translation says this, on your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is good. And God, he made us. We didn't make him. We are his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talk in praise. Thank him, worship him. For God is a sheer beauty, all generous, in love, loyal, always and ever. Psalm 100 is a psalm of exhortation and praise and to lay everything at God's feet and to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You know, this is a, a special psalm for me because this was the first psalm, the first sermon I ever preached in Bible college. We had to do a sermon class where the students would sit in front of you and you would preach to them and they would give you some critique back. It was awful. And so amazingly, I, I, I got this psalm and believe me, I did more preparation in that, in that first sermon ever in, 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 this, in, in the Bible college. I think it took me about three weeks to prepare, 10 minutes. And uh, I preached it. And it was amazing. Because at the end of it, I thought, I'm going to get a load of criticism. But what was so really encouraging to me, that the, the principal at that time stood up. And he said, okay, you've heard what he's talked about. Let's worship. So they just started to sing and worship the Lord. So they had no time for criticism. So I was so excited. Here's the other thing about this psalm. When we got offered our first church to become an assistant in Budley, I only had one sermon. It was this. And this was the first sermon I preached in the church. I had no other sermons. And every week after that, I had to ask God for his grace to give me something to say every Sunday. So this means a lot to me, this psalm. And so I want to bring it to you because I really feel it's important for us to catch something of its essence, something that will help our lives. You know, the Psalms, as you read through all, if you ever go through 150 Psalms over a season of reading, you know, the Psalms identify with seasons of life. They identify with pain, they identify with loss, they identify with, with sorrow, disappointment, and then as you continue to read them, they also identify with the victories, the highs, uh, the triumphs, and the deliverances of life. In some of the Psalms, both of these sort of characteristics are in one Psalm. So the Psalmist can start off being sort of downcast and expressing his disappointment in life, then finish with praise and worship because of the God that's brought deliverance. And I, I wanna say to you, like, in our lives, we, we can sort of identify with the Psalmist, that there are days in our life that we can start the morning with joy, but by the end of the day, we can end with sadness. Something can come along our lives and, and, and either can bring life to us, but yet other things can come and bring death. And so the Psalms can really identify with the experiences of our lives. As you begin to read the Psalms and go towards the end of the Psalms, Psalms from 100 and a little bit before to the end, they begin to accelerate with the worship and with praise. Can someone help me turn that off? I think it's like a plane coming in to land on there. Thank you. So the the Psalms towards the end and especially psalm 150 if you read psalm 150 13 times the word praise is mentioned and so for me it was encouraging to know that throughout the psalms we may we may start life disappointed but towards the end we can guarantee that God will help us finish with praise amen you know no matter what happens in our life today we know the end of the story We know that that all people from all nations with every tongue will be around the throne giving praise and worship to God. So we know that's the end result. But until then, we are working through life. We are trying to deposit the kingdom in our homes, in our workplaces, and in our cities, trying to balance the the challenges, the highs and lows of life. But the the Psalms command us to do one major thing, and that is to give thanks to God. Here's the thing about this. It actually doesn't tell you when to do that. It just tells you you've got to do it. It tells you that this needs to be done in season and out of season, when things are bad and when things are good. It doesn't just say you can praise God when things are going well for you. It actually articulates that no matter what your season is, we have to adopt an attitude to give God thanks. To give God thanks not for the problems but for God and who He is. Someone said, if the only prayer you ever say in your entire life is thank you, it will be enough. And Robert Louis Stevenson said this, keep your eyes open to your mercies. The man who forgets, or woman who forgets to be thankful, has fallen asleep in life. It isn't what you have in your pocket that makes you thankful, but what you have in your heart. And someone else said this thankfulness is the quickest path to joy. And Psalm 150 tells us that everything that has breath praise the Lord. It's an invitation to come to God in worship. And it needs to come from us not being forced, but a matter of choice of our praise in our worship for who God is and for what he's done in our lives. He said earlier that we need to come and give thanks to God in season and out of season. Do you know what that means? That there are times when you don't feel like it and there are times that you do. But in the times that you don't feel like it, you still need to be thankful. You still need to be giving God worship. But I know that it's hard in our lives to do that. I can identify with the psalmist that, that feels like everything's fallen apart and think, well, how can I give God praise in this? But then I have identified when things are going well, how easier it may be to think to give God's praise. But you know, the challenge for us, church, and for you online, is let's not be fooled that we that sometimes that our thanks evaporates only in hard times, because that is not the facts. The truth is that when you're having good times and you're getting really blessed in your life, then you can still forget to bring back thanks to God. The scripture really teaches us, help us to watch out for the seasons when everything is going right and you're being so blessed that you happen to forget about the goodness of God and about God actually has actually made that possible for you to be blessed. In fact, Deuteronomy 8 says this, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Verse 15 says, He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end you might, it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and my strength and my hands have produced this wealth for me. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who give you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirm his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as this day. Please let me encourage you today. If you're in a position of blessing, if you're in a position of influence, please never ever think it's down to your ability alone. And I'm I'm hoping that because of God's blessed your life that you are bringing back to him in worship out of your wealth, out of your blessing as a sacrifice of offering to him. You know, when you forget your offering, you forgot about your praise. When you come empty-handed into the presence of God out of your blessing, you actually don't bring any praise because praise comes more than out of your mouth actually follows with actions. That's why your offering is so important to God. It's not really that important to us as priority, even though it's helpful to actually advance the kingdom. But our priority is that you do not come empty-handed bringing something to the Lord. Because it's all right, you saying, I love you, Lord, but when you come empty-handed, that doesn't actually match up to what comes out of your mouth. And so what you bring to God is very important. Your substance is very important in what you bring to Him. Honour the Lord with your firstfruits of all your crops. And so I want to challenge you today and you online. I want to say to you, if you're really going to give thanks to God, if you really want to worship Him, then you have to match it up with what comes out of her mouth. And you have to come with your substance. That's why your offering is so important to him. As Linda said, nobody would enter at royalty without bringing some gifts into the presence of the king or the queen. And I want to encourage you today, if you are prospering, I want you to think about of what you're presenting to the Lord out of your substance. If you're struggling today, you need to bring a sacrifice of offering to Him because He is the one that deserves our praise. You know, many times in church life, we talk about giving and about how you will be blessed and what it will do for you. Let me tell you something. Our giving is about worship to God. Our bringing, our tithes and our offerings is about worship to God. It's about our value to Him. You know, something. when I bring my tithe and offerings, I don't do it because, oh, because it will do this. For the I bring it to Jesus. Because he is worth something to me. I can say I love you. You know, if you're married and you actually don't actually ever give your loved one any gifts, all the saying I love you in the world don't matter. You have to match it up with some, some substance in our lives. In fact, this wasn't in my notes, so God is speaking to some of you here. And if God has given you ability of increase and blessing on your businesses, on, 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 on influence, I want to tell you, please make sure that God is first in that. Don't think it's down to your ability or, or your cleverness. God has given you the ability to produce wealth and in response to that, you should be advancing the kingdom even more. And so that's just a little side sermon. But I just felt prompted that I need to speak into that to you online, because our offering is more than paying bills to keep the lights on. Our offering is to incense to the Lord Jesus Christ of what He's done to us. I never want to come empty handed. We come with our gifts and our talents, but we also come with our tithes and our offerings, our substance, and we come with our sacrifice of praise. And so there is another season which will rob your song. You say you can be blessed and still have lost your song. You can be rolling in prosperity, but still have lost your song. You can still have lost your communication with God because it's a shout for joy, all the earth. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. My question to us today, what's your shout? What is it that you're saying to the Lord today? Has your shout been quieted down through life, through circumstances you know, when it talks to me about shout to the Lord, all the earth, it talks to me about an overflow of communication with God and others about the goodness of God. When, when, when the Bible says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, I believe it's saying, you know, church, if you're not talking about me, then nobody else will. If you're not making me known to anyone, then nobody else will. And sometimes through life difficulties and through life challenges, our voice begins to to get quietened about the goodness of God. And my challenge to us today, you know, in our worship to God, in bringing our praise to Him, you know, uh, what's your sound? What's your sound at home? What's your conversations at home? Are you still talking about God's plan for your life? Are you still talking about God's blessing in your life? Are you still talking about how we can put God first in our life? Or is your shout become absent in your life because of what has hitting you right now? Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. You see, the thing for me is the scripture doesn't say that you only need to shout when you're having a good time. We need to have a principle of making God known and making our communication to him, which will overflow to others. You, you know something? You know, the only way that you begin to communicate God to other people is when it starts inside of you. You know, in your private conversation with God, when you're talking to God in private, when you're shouting to God in private, when you're telling him what your situation is, when you're telling him how much you love him, when you're telling him how much you're struggling, that's a shout. And when you're doing that, eventually it will spill over into other avenues of your life. But you know when your, your shout stops in private, it will stop in public. It will stop in public. And I want to say to you, what has killed your shout? What what has quietened your zeal for his purpose? Because you're not alone in Scripture. This isn't to make you feel bad because Scripture identifies with people that's lost their shout. Scripture identifies with people that's lost their song. And today, God wants to give you your song back. God wants to give you your shout back. There is no condemnation here, but the devil wants to rob you of your joy, of your song, of your shout, of the goodness of God. If he can keep you quiet, we lose. You see, the greatest illustration in the New Testament is when the Apostle Paul, the devil, tried to keep him quiet It says the crowd joined in to attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. That's enough to kill your shout, isn't it? It's enough to kill your song. After they had been severely flogged, severely flogged. That's enough to keep us, I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to shout about his goodness anymore. How could he allow that to happen to me after me, planting so many churches and seeing miracles and signs and wonders happen? How now can I be severely flogged and the devil will try and kill your song and your shout of his goodness? So After he was severely flogged, they threw him into prison and the jailers was commanded to guard them carefully. You see, your shout does not only affect you, but it affects everybody that's in your world. And listen, when they received the orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in their stocks. Here's the thing that Paul would want to tell us this morning. No matter how confined that you may find yourself, no matter how beaten up you may feel by world circumstances, no matter how you're facing right now with the news that you're hearing, that has not the power to steal your shout. Because if you continue to read, it says this, about midnight, isn't this amazing? About midnight, Paul and Silas made a decision. They said to themselves, we're really sore with the pain of our beatings. We're really disappointed that we've had to come in prison. We're not quite sure why we've not been delivered as quick as we'd like to by God but do you think we should allow that to kill our song? Do you think we should allow that and give the devil opportunity to kill our shout? And they looked at each other and they made a decision in that moment, in that cell with a backs strip open with shackles around their ankles, confined to a prison environment. They made a decision to say, we are not going to allow these circumstances to kill our praise and our worship to the God who is good all the time. And it says this about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. You see, when we allow these things to rob our shout, then we restrict God's power to move into our life. But as they begin to shout and begin to worship and begin to pray, the power of God hit the cell and the chains fell off. And not only did it affect their lives, it went beyond them to see the jailer and his household come to know the Lord. You don't realise that the devil knows if he can kill your song, he can kill your breakthrough. And some of you are in this room today and you've lost your song. And you've lost your shout. And God wants to say to you, He wants to give you a renewed voice in this season. Because the devil has held you down long enough to keep you silent about the goodness of God because our worship releases his presence because God inhabits the praise of his people. And if the devil can shut your mouth in praise, he will shut you up. Into God moving in your life. Habakkuk says this I heard my heart pound, my lips quivered at the sound, the cray kept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet, see, worship is a decision, it's not a feeling. And so many Christians wait for feelings to come before their worship. But you know, worship, you can't wait for feelings. Not with this up and down life. Not with this inconsistent what life throws at us. You can't wait for good things to work out before you decide to worship God. You have to make a decision, I'm going to worship no matter what happens. Like Habakkuk, he says this. He says, even though the day of calamity is going to come to my nation, he said, I made the decision. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no food, there, there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. You see, it's not a feeling, it's a decision to put God first and release what is his so he can release heaven into our situation. Because the main thing is whatever is happening around you, you can actually manage what's going on in you. And the only way you can manage that is you keep a spirit of praise and worship to the God who is the God of all comfort, the God who is able to break through in every situation of our lives. You see, the opposite of shouting is silence. And some of you in this room, I identify that there were time in your life that you couldn't stop talking about Jesus and now you're hardly ever talking about him at all. Why? Because something's happened. And through that experience of your life, you've lost your joy in the Lord, which is the key to our walk with God because you can still have joy in hardship. You can still have joy in trouble. You can still have joy. The joy which is your strength will help you do all that God wants you to do in your life. I wanna ask you, have you stopped talking to God the way you used to? Have you stopped singing to God the way you used to? You know, life is not easy. And there are many times that, particularly in my own life, I don't always feel like getting up and worshipping. And there are times when you feel like sometimes it's a dark day or depressing or an oppression that's come on you. And you know, the only way I find freedom is I have to get myself into a corner or go for a walk and I have to put some praise and worship on. And all my feelings of discouragement or doubt or I just don't want to do this whatever it is anymore. I don't know how I'm going to manage that situation. As soon as I find God and I allow others to help me get into his presence by worship. You know, after the first song, something changes. My heart begins to change. The heaviness begins to disappear Faith comes, hope comes, and by the time I get to the third song, I'm beginning to hum. I'm beginning to join in with the worship leader. I'm beginning to help them with the chorus. Let me tell you something after 20 minutes, I'm leading before them. There is something I found a freedom in touching God in praise and worship and thanksgiving. And the time I turn round to walk back home, I'm a different person. Amen. You know why? Because I've come into the presence of God to give him what he's worth. And I said, Lord, despise how I'm feeling, the heaviness and the confusion and the disappointments of life when they come. Lord, I'm not going to allow that to rob me Of what you deserve. How many times in life has things robbed us of giving God what he truly deserves? And we only want to come to him when things are going well. But you know something, when things are going bad and we come to him, that puts a bigger smile on God's face. You know why? Because you know something, it's really tough when things are going bad to worship. But it shows you how much you really love God. It shows him how important he is to you. And I tell you, that is my antidote. If you want to know a secret, that's the only thing I've got. Of course, I read the word. But the thing is, when I allow the worship and come into his presence, chains fall off. How did you feel about coming to church today? Was it a hard choice for you? Was it a guilty choice for you? Was it an obligation choice for you? Was it to please others that you came? Because... The reason why we should be coming today is because we want to meet with God. And this is the only thing that we're excited about meeting with the Lord. Isn't it someone, Donna, that says I'd rather be in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere? Can, can I ask you today, I know you're here today, and thank you for coming? Are you online? I hope that you're not sitting here today thinking, I'd rather be anywhere else today but church. And you know something? People that love God can sometimes arrive at that place in their life. And God wants to reverse that. God doesn't want to condemn you about that because the thing is, the devil would love to do that. But God doesn't want his children coming He wants you to come with joy. He wants you to come with thanksgiving. He wants you to come into his presence with thanksgiving. He wants you to come excited that Sunday's here and we're going to gather together. And I tell you what, you could offer me a million other places to go, but I tell you what, the only place I'm going today is to meet with God and his people. Because that's worship. And I pray today, if you're here today and you're online, you're thinking, but I just... I'm finding it tough. I pray the Holy Spirit's going to invade your life today. He's going to give you a new song. You see, you're not on your own. Because the devil would love to make us feel guilty that we've got to feel always great about meeting with God, and it's not always true. I want to be honest with you today. There were times over nearly 30 years, 20-odd 30 years of serving church life, there were times that on Sunday I didn't want to come myself and preach did you know that did you know there are times that I'm thinking I just don't want to come today because that's real life but the sacrifice of praise is turning up the sacrifice of praise is showing up the sacrifice of praise is doing it when you don't feel like doing it and I tell you what when you've done it you're so glad you did Because there are times we need to break through. See, Proverbs 25 says this, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured out on a wound, is the one who sings songs to a heavy heart. So you can have the best worship in the world, but if you have a heavy heart, it's not going to help you. And God doesn't want you to have a heavy heart God doesn't want you to have that. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, Job says, may that night be barren, may no shout of joy be heard in it. See, the best of Christians have those days when you lose your shout. The best of Christians, the best of leaders have days when they lose their shout. But the good news is that God can restore it, that God can renew it, that God can do something by his presence that we can't do in an atmosphere of worship. See, Job says also, then that person can pray to God and find faith with him. They will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to full well-being. How many in the room today need restoring to full well-being? Thank God for all the counseling courses. Thank God for all the things that we need to go through. But let me tell you something. There's just sometimes we need God's presence to encounter us afresh and so as I come to a close I've got more stuff in this sermon but I don't think I'm going to continue with it because the psalm goes on to say worship the Lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs because worship is a part of service and you know if you lose your shout you lose your servanthood because if you lose your joy it's very difficult continue our worship. Because David said this. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Next verse. Then I'll be able to teach sinners your ways. What he was saying was joy first, ministry second. See, ministry flows out of the joy of the Lord. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, my salvation. And sometimes in our walk with God, we can lose the joy of what he's done for us in our lives. Stand with me. If the worship team want to come back. You see, the key in this Psalm 100 is the command is, entry his gates for thanksgiving, come worship the Lord, come and give him what he deserves. You see, that's the command, but why do we need to do it? Because the Lord is good. When you, when you look at the reason why we do this, because it tells us, and this is the, the sermon, know the Lord is good, verse three, know that he has made you. Know that he's made you. You're not an accident for you created you in the innermost being. You knit together in your mother's room. He said, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are too wonderful that I may fully well know. My frame was not hidden from you. When I made you, when I made you was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, how precious are your thoughts to me, O Lord. How vast is the sum of them. Were I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Do you know something God knows all about your life? He made you and He loves you. And no matter what defect you brought in today, God loves you unconditionally in your life. But He wants to give some of us our song back. And there's two ways, really. Some of you have been beaten up by life and your song's gone. Some of you have been really blessed and you've lost your song. Some of us have forgot God in our blessing. You see, He says, know that He has made you. Know that you're His. You're God's special possession. He's put His seal of ownership on you. Guaranteeing what is to come. One Peter says that you are God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. And it continues in this small psalm that we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Well to say, He restores my soul. Even though I may walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil for He is with me. His rod, His staff, they comfort me. And surely, surely goodness and mercy, come on, shall follow me. I don't know what you've experienced in your life in the last season, but let me tell you what's coming. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. Listen, for some of you, weeping has remained for a night, but let me tell you what's coming. Joy is coming in the morning. For Jesus, I am the good shepherd, and the shepherd lays life down for the sheep. That's how much you're loved. Verse five to finish. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to do something that I felt I needed to do and then we're going to do it really quickly. We're not going to do it individually but this is what I want to pray for right now. In the balcony, everyone down here, if you feel you want a fresh touch from God and God spoke to you, I want you to come and stand at the front as quick as possible. Come on, quickly. If you know God spoke to you and you need to be down here, just come. We're not, we're not really, if you know a Lord, I need a fresh touch from you. I need a new song. I just want some restoration because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare the scriptures over you. The worship team's going to sing over you. New wine, can we do that? It's gonna be new wine deposited to some of your lives today. Can you come as close as you can? Some of you need to come down. Some of you need to recommit your lives to Jesus. Please come if you know that you've lost your song, that you're not where you you used to be, you need to come and restore. You need to come back to the Lord properly and say, Lord, uh, my life's gotta get back on fire for you. Lord, something's robbed my shout. If you identify with that, you come. If you wanna get before God, on your knees this is, there's no magic formula on this if you want to do business with God and you need your song back you, you need to shout again then you come I'm going to wait for few minutes and God is going to do something his Holy Spirit is going to minister to you he's going to restore you he's going to empower you he's going to help you the Lord is my strength and my shield my heart trusts in him and he helps me my heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him God is gonna do something in this place. If you're online, you can kneel in your home right now. Let the Holy Spirit do something only He can do. Lift your hands with me. Don't be spectators in this place today. For some of you, you feel a bit embarrassed to come down. That's fine, God still can touch you. Come on, it's a heart thing. Lift your hands to the Lord. And if you're okay today, just stretch your hands towards these people. And by faith to those online, I'm going I'm to read Isaiah 35 over you. I'm going to pray a, a simple prayer and then the worship team's going to minister and then the Holy Spirit's going to do something wonderful in your heart and life. For some of you tonight, today, God's going to restore the years the locusts have eaten. God's going to do something supernatural in your life today. Only He can do it. God's going to give you song back. And for some of you that's going through a real tough time right now, you're gonna be amazed that God's gonna help you sing through the hardship. God's gonna do it. Isaiah 35. You ready? You ready, Church? Come on! You need to receive from God today, a fresh touch. Lift your hands with me. Online, I'm gonna speak this scripture over you. God's gonna do something by His Spirit today. We're still gonna finish after this song. But I wanted to just give some opportunity for those to come to the altar. Remember, your heart's the altar. Isaiah 35 strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong and do not fear. Your God will come, He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will rush and gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, as we release your presence right now. Father, in these hearts that are at the front, the hearts are in this place and online. Father, I pray for restoration. I pray, Lord, for your your song to come back. Your shout, Lord, to be revived and renewed. Father, Holy Spirit, move by your Spirit right now. Father, I pray that bodies will also be healed today. Let your Holy Spirit minister, Lord, emotional, physical. Father, whatever it is, Lord, I pray right now with a release in your spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I ask you, Lord, to release new wine, Lord, over your people. Thank you, Jesus. Donna, as you just